I am in western Wisconsin, and like all the other nomads that have been out in the desert for the last eight months or so, about, uh, I don't know, uh, I guess it was at the very beginning of April, I headed up to Wisconsin for a family emergency, death in the family, and uh, I've been here ever since. Now, the plan originally was to leave uh, Quartzsite somewhere around uh, May 10th, May 15th, or something to that effect. Enjoy uh, some nice warm weather, and then I would have been able to head up through Colorado and uh, maybe even go up through Idaho and come across uh, and, and enjoy the beginning of the real spring in the northern reaches. A lot of people that I know that are nomads are going back to Ohio or going back to North Dakota, as I said, or going back to Michigan uh, or further east, Vermont, upstate New York, places like that. And we tend to leave sometimes uh, a little too early. So where I am, which is western Wisconsin, about an hour from Minneapolis on one side and uh, an hour from Eau Claire on the other side, winter is stubbornly hanging on now this is spring in this part of the country even though it doesn't feel like spring there's still some remaining uh, glacial snowdrifts from the heavy heavy winter that they had up here and we're just it's not really warm it's getting there but we're into the 50s so it's been extremely difficult <laughs> at first i kind of liked it and now it's starting to wear on me as well as the energy of the upcoming hybrid eclipse which is extremely rare we're going to talk about all of that in this podcast podcast 1095 the bob davis podcasts welcoming back my guys at 36 lynn the independently owned and operated refueling station in south minneapolis Lindale Avenue South and 36th Street South. I want to refer you to 36 Lynn's um, Instagram feed because it's so good. 36 Lynn, that's their Instagram feed. They have all kinds of stuff posted up there about both uh, the, re the independent refueling business and convenience store businesses. And one of the things that they were talking about is uh, they have never seen uh, the frustration levels that they have seen with customers, and this is industry-wide, because of the fuel prices recently. And for a long time, 36 Lynn's been doing everything they can do to create a better experience for people in the neighborhood. First of all, independent uh, uh, refueling stations can get a better deal on fuel. So they'll help you save money on gas. That's the first thing. The second thing is that the store, as I've always talked about, is the secret sauce. They just did this thing on the Instagram feed uh, of all the new food products they've got from burritos to candy and all these things. And uh, it's just worth an, you know, the, a moment to check out their feed. They're a lot of fun. And also visit the independently owned and operated refueling station at 36 Lindale Avenue South in South Minneapolis. I'm sure they're going to be back with events this summer. They do a lot of stuff for the community. Check them out online at 36lynn.com and check out their Instagram feed at uh, 36lynn. There's a lot to talk about uh, in this podcast. And what I've been doing is... I've been kind of just talking off the top of my head, and sometimes it's easy, and sometimes it's difficult, uh, because either I'm not quite in the right mood, or 
I've just got too many scattered thoughts, and so it's a struggle sometimes. This this has been a bit of a struggle, and we'll just start by saying part of it is the eclipse energy, which is, uh, you know, eclipses are big deals. They're big celestial events, uh, and even if you don't believe in astrology, there's a lot going on with uh, magnetic fields and planets and eclipses and everything else right now, which uh, according to what I've been reading recently, so if you're listening to this podcast before the 19th and 20th of April, then you know that there are that we are in the pre-eclipse phase, and generally speaking, you might be feeling um, a little uh, anxious, and I'm certainly feeling a little anxious. So it's real difficult for me to get into that energy, that nomad, peaceful uh, travel energy. And it is a, it's a, it's a great night here. This is uh, where I am. I am in a, uh, and I'm, I've got it all to myself, pretty much. It's kind of like house sitting. Uh, I'm in a cabin that has two sides. One is an old side, uh, which is uh, here, which you can hear in the background, the wind chimes. And this this side of the cabin was built in the 1920s, and it's pretty vintage. And then the other side is uh, just a, a little bit nicer, you know, four-season kind of cabin. And uh, it's just kind of this weird, funky place, and I and I love it. And generally speaking, during the summer, there's family people here, and there's a lot of kids and a lot of people in this in this place, and in some of the other parts of this property where I am. But right now, there's really nobody here, so it's just me. And the plan is to go down by the lake. There's a huge lake down the way through the forest. And the plan is to go down by the lake and uh, and and set up down by the lake. There's a there's a an electrical hookup down there where I can set up and just get back to sitting in front of a fire every night. And it, speaking as a nomad and two nomads, once you have lived where you sit in front of a fire every night, and everybody who knows me knows out there, you know, in, in the desert, I have a fire every night. I don't care what it costs. I don't care how much wood I have to buy. Being able to just sit in front of a fire every night uh, till one o'clock or whatever the time is and just relax is because uh, is, you meditate. I mean, one, I should say, one meditates in front of a fire. You stare into the fire and you kind of meditate. And especially in the desert, if it's warm, you get the warm breeze and you get the, this tremendous feeling as you watch the sun go down in front of the fire. So the weather situation here is very interesting because it's, I went back into winter. That's really the only way to describe it. So on top of the feelings of, uh, of anxiousness that comes from a pre-eclipse sort of energy, the winter is just hanging on and we've had some sleet and now we're into these early spring thunderstorms which can be kind of violent as the weather shifts so the weather is shifting here and up in this part of the country uh, north dakota south dakota minnesota wisconsin and parts of michigan uh, as well as you know illinois and this whole upper midwest scene iowa there have been some pretty significant uh, snowfalls, and it's been a rough winter, mainly because it hangs on. And of course, everyone's talking about how the winters, you know, everyone here talks about the weather all the time. And so, uh, you know, the, the winter has been hanging on. But this is pretty much par for the course around April 15th in Minnesota. Raw, 
uh, windy, not below, you know, it's not below freezing. It's like 45 during the day or 50 during the day. And then it goes below freezing at night, maybe 30. Uh, and that's what you deal with. Now, I mentioned in another podcast, I'm in a shed, a big, one of those big pole barns with a bunch of tractors and other stuff. And so I'm shielded twice from the wind. So I'm inside the shed and then I climb up into the, to the truck and I sleep in the truck. I don't sleep in the cabin. It's just, this is a weird place. And without anybody else here, it's just kind of spooky. So I prefer to be in my, in my structure. So then I climb into my truck, which is in the shed. And so I'm doubly insulated. And then you can't tell what time it is in there. So I've been sleeping really late uh, every day. And I, I think that's it's interesting. In terms of rest and refit, coming up through Iowa and uh, southern Wisconsin, little bit in Minnesota, at about, oh, I don't know, it was April 1st or 2nd or 3rd or something to that effect when I came up because there was an emergency. And so I took off unexpectedly from the desert. There was, it was, it was true spring most of the way from all the way up through Oklahoma and Kansas and and all the way up into Iowa and even southern Wisconsin. It's spring down there. There was no snow on the ground. All the snow had been melted and the ice was all out of the lakes and uh, little streams and so forth. But when I got up here, so we're, we're longitudinally on the same line as Minneapolis and then on the other side, Eau Claire, and further north, it is still winter. We're finally getting to the point where it's raining and it's warming up and we're getting ice out and the snow drifts are going away. Most of the ground is not covered with snow anymore as I speak. I'm looking forward to being able to go down. You can drive down to, we can, you know, on the property, we can drive down to the lake and there's an electrical hookup down there, as I mentioned, and I can get down there and there's plenty of, uh, there's plenty of wood for fire. So, I can get my fire and I'll be able to sit out there. And, and the cool thing is I watch spring sort of bloom in the desert and then I'm going to watch it again here in the Midwest in a completely different sort of uh, environment with trees and, and water and a completely different visual uh, presentation from the desert. So that's really cool. So first, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, eclipse energy. Again, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, the eclipses have a certain level of power to the primitive man uh, because, of course, when, uh, you know, 10,000 years ago or 5,000 years ago or 3,000 years ago, people really didn't understand what was happening. And so eclipses were very scary. So I think there's a sort of a DNA memory of the fear of eclipses. And I still see when people talk about eclipses and they tell people you should stay inside and you shouldn't be out during the eclipse and everything else. If you're in North America, you're not going to see the eclipse. It's going to happen at uh, nine o'clock Eastern on the 19th of April. So you're not going to the most of the, the the eclipse and it's a hybrid eclipse which means it's two different kinds of eclipses in one you'll have to read up on that i'll put some links in the blog uh, at the bobdaviscast.com but uh the it's a powerful celestial event and the more rare they are i think the more powerful they are and uh i will just simply say this eclipses most of the it, it is it, let's just put it this way 
it is thought that eclipses herald uh, change, and that they the change either comes before the eclipse or after the eclipse, and for months after the eclipse. Now, it's very weird because it just feels. I'm trying to get into the to the nomad mode, and I just it's very interesting. I can't quite get there, so I'm trying to just sort of amuse myself with a number of things and I was going to do this podcast about oh I'm resting and refitting and I'm relaxing in this amazing cabin and I'm catching up on all the TV shows I haven't watched Better Call Saul you know the fabulous whatever it is Mrs. Meisel uh, all the Yellowstones all the 1923s all the 1896s you know all the Goliaths all the shows that I've literally not watched for three years so I'm catching up on everything and I refer to it as my job. So, I, and I've now become completely nocturnal again. So, so I'm like on third shift. For once, I'm actually doing a podcast in the wee hours of the morning. It's like 3.30 and the shift is almost over. And it's funny, I'll, I'll watch these shows for hours and then I get up and I go, well, shift's over, time to go to bed. And I go, I leave the cabin, I lock it up, I walk out to the shed in the raw freezing air rain or the raw freezing wind and I get into my truck and and uh, I could be anywhere I could be at a truck stop in you know Oklahoma or I could be in the desert but this time I'm in the shed and 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 hopefully soon to be down by the lake and and you'll hear those podcasts when I when I get going to do that um, and one of the things I wanted to talk about was the rest and refit part of this, because I think it's kind of significant. If you are a nomad, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and we'll talk about that in the second half of this podcast. I mentioned in another podcast that there's, there's a lot of gardens on this property. They're, they look a mess right now. because They're a hot mess right now, because uh, literally they've been covered with snow and at this time of the year they're gray and brown everything is gray and brown right now a little bit of green starting to peep through when the sun comes out uh, and it happens very quickly but this is the time people kind of would like to get out and start getting their gardens ready for uh, you know spring and, and planting but it's such a job this time of the year. So I'm going to recommend Garden Gurus MN at GardenGurusMN.com. They can come out and get it prepped for you. I mean, they can do the whole garden if that's what you want. But uh, they're great to just sort of get you going and get you set up. They also stage real estate, which is really important. This is not a seller's market right now. Uh, this is essentially becoming a buyer's market, and so you've got to have staging becomes really, really important inside and out. So if you're selling some real estate, like you've got an extra house you want to sell, or your mom's house, or somebody's house in the family, this is a perfect opportunity to have Garden Gurus MN stage the property and corporate properties as well to make them spruce up and just look a little bit better. Check them out online at GardenGurusMN.com. As I look at the first year of my travel, I've been out for three years and for nearly 10 years before that, as soon as I got my, um, you know, 2004 uh, diesel ambulance, I started traveling three or four months out of the year at different times. And uh, I really was, I would refer to it as gallivanting. 
you know, just going from place to place and and just getting the lay of the land and doing that both my especially my first year of travel was literally crisscrossing the all the lower 48 i didn't have a goal to go to the lower 48 i just went coast to coast border to border you know crisscrossing the the united states going everywhere and nowhere at the same time and the price of fuel forced me down in quartzite in the yeah, it was in the fall of 22 where I just, uh, the fuel prices that were going up and up, that's when the big inflation started. And I was just like, I have no choice. I've got to, I've got to just stop. And I found something, I found something new, which was the pleasure of, again, uh, making friends and being part of a community and, uh, and, and against my better wishes, sharing and learning and growing. Uh, and these are not things that I do. So I'm kind of a loner and I don't share and grow and, uh, you know, I, I don't do community, <laughs> except I now do. And I, I now appreciate sitting in one place long enough to get a sense of what's going on. And fuel is still relatively expensive. So, you know, I came up here. I'm up here a little early. Uh, obviously, I'm waiting for the opportunity to go down by the lake and just kind of have fires and everything else. I can't, there's no fireplaces in this structure at this at this time uh and then there's this whole refit thing too so this is an opportunity to get your vehicle in uh get everything checked out make sure everything's okay most of us drive older vehicles whether they're old campers or in my case kind of a you know the the ambulance is a great platform it's a sturdy truck and uh, there's some th i'm doing some things that are going to make it much easier to uh, function in there and I'm excited about that uh, but what I'm really excited about it is an opportunity to take it to uh, some of these rural diesel places or rural uh, repair places where people spend a little bit more time talking to you so last summer I took the truck into Gillette Diesel in, in uh, Salt Lake which is a legendary diesel repair place and they looked at the engine and they said you don't need to rebuild the engine you're you're at, it's actually in really good shape and they gave me a list of things that need to be done and so this this summer uh before i head out to the east coast in late august uh well i i might go a little sooner than that my my nephew was here not too long ago and he was like you know i i'm betting you're not going to make it to august <laughs> so we'll see about that he goes we'll see how long you last down there it, we call it the flat down by the the uh not the river but the the lake he goes we'll see how long you last down there before you have to go again and of course i've had a lot of work done you know on the suspension and the the underside of the vehicle and these guys said, hey, you know, your truck looks great from underneath. And of course, we love hearing this because, yeah, I have to, I've got some, some oil things that are, that are got to be addressed, but nothing major, uh, at least according to the eyes of Gillette. So that's good. And I, there are a couple other things. I might need a new muffler and uh, there's some body work that needs to get done. Uh, just general deterioration. Rust is just a killer. And I'll never buy another vehicle from, from the north because of rust issues. But in any case, I got a good report on the vehicle, and I'm really excited about that. So later in May, I'll be taking the truck in to get these refits done. And then you also re-examine, uh, well, okay, if I get a new rig, uh, you know, I have a friend right now who 
went uh, to Alabama and got a job, and he's going to be working on a new rig. He's going to build something. And he's uh, he's really looking forward to doing that. And I'm looking forward to seeing his rig when, when he gets back out to Arizona in the fall. But it's like, this is what we do. It's like, okay, so this is my opportunity to, to empty cabinets, clean things out, go do a deep clean, and get everything squared away for the next season of travel uh, and kind of think about what I want to do. So again, the plan is late July, early August, I'm going to head east and I'm going over to uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire for a wedding. I'm going to see a friend in Manchester and just generally go a different route from what I usually went. Last time I went across was in the summer of, I guess it was the summer of 22. Uh, I went across uh, the at, at the uh, you know I just took the side roads along the lakes the Great Lakes, and that was great. This time I'm not I'm going to take a southern route to to sort of angle up into uh, uh, New York State, especially um, and then on into Vermont and New Hampshire for the final thing. Then coming back. You know, you sit and you look at maps and you think, okay, what do I want to do? You know, how do I want to do this? And then when I get back to Quartzsite, then I can just sort of relax. And then am I going to stay in one place until uh, April, May, June of next year? Or am I going to move around when I get down there? And, and where do I want to go? And hoping, still, fingers crossed, that we see eventually we're going to see some kind of capitulation in the oil markets. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm not going to get into that in this podcast, but I am still watching that stuff like a hawk. So uh, I don't want to talk about that. But I want to talk about the rest part of it because this one kind of caught me by surprise. I, I think I mentioned maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I'm in this shed. And when you're in the shed, there's no windows in the shed. Yeah, there's, you know, sort of the, you know how these, these big pole barns are. They have, this was, was probably built 40 years ago. And, you know, they've got the sort of semi-opaque windows around the top, but there's no windows and there's no skylights. So you really don't know what time it is when you're in there and you're, you're in your truck. So I'm sitting over here uh, until 3.34 o'clock watching shows, sometimes 5. And then, um, so after dinner, I make some coffee. Then I sit in front of the TV and watch my shows. That's my job. <laughs> and it's, it is my job because it, it, it hips me up to um, sort of gets me up to speed on what's going on with pop culture and, and, and what's going on with these shows and what people have been watching and doing uh, while I've been sitting out in the desert. So that's great. Not really, you know, obviously having some political conversations like I talked about in the last podcast here and there, but not really wanting to not really wanting to even bother, but still doing what I do. You know, it's part of my life. You know, just checking the news every day and checking the markets every day. But then I go and I climb in the truck and I go to sleep, you know. And I'm not, I, I've never been a person that requires a lot of sleep, but I think I'm not, I, in other words, I'm sleeping six to eight hours, which, I don't know, nomads, when we're out we really don't sleep. You know, you sleep, but you sleep with one eye open. You're, you're very aware of your surroundings, even in a campground where you've been there for a while. You're very aware of sounds outside your vehicle and 
when the sun comes up, you know, uh, it's not very long before you get up. And, and especially out in Arizona, you get up early. Not so here. I'm sleeping. I slept today until 3.30. 3.30 p.m. It's like people are like, hey, are you coming over for dinner? I'm like, I just woke up. I'm having my coffee. It's just funny. And sleeping eight hours and just getting the sleep. So when I talk about rest... Just getting the sleep is a huge piece. Now, I certainly don't know what's going to happen when it gets warmer. I'm sure when I get down by the lake uh, and it gets warmer and the sun comes up earlier, I'll be getting up earlier. But I think it's pretty amazing. We don't think we need that much sleep or we don't sleep. But when you get into a situation where you can sleep, the therapeutic value of rest cannot be underestimated. And even though there's a little bit of anxiety surrounding the, you know, surrounding the eclipse thing, uh, and probably, you know, residual anxiety from a death in the family and other stuff and just grieving uh, going on. Uh, and, and grieving's not like people are sitting around crying all the time. It's not that. It's just you, you miss people. And... Uh, the uh, the energy of that person uh, remains, and and you you appreciate them more sometimes. You appreciate what they did sometimes uh, in death more than you did when they were alive. That was certainly true with my mom. And I was talking to my friend, uh, another one of my friends, whose dad died at ninety two, and he said that uh, the force of his dad's just existence, his his. Uh, his living presence had a lot to do with keeping the family together. And when he passed away, you know, that everyone kind of scattered to the four winds. This is not the same kind of situation, but uh, there's that as an undercurrent. So uh, rest and the value of rest is often underestimated. And now I kind of understand where I used to think, why do all these people come down here and then turn around and go back up to wherever? I always joke at Ypsilanti, you know, or uh, Traverse City or wherever they're from. Eau Claire, you know, uh, rush back up to the northern reaches before uh, they're even warm. Why do they do that? And then I realized that um, they're probably relatively tired from camping uh, and want to get back home and kind of get ready get their garden ready or whatever they do and some people still have a place to stay whether it's their mom's house or relatives or friends uh, or they're going to go hang out someplace where they can they can camp for free for three or four months and we're all looking to save a buck you know that's the other thing so it's very interesting the value of rest and so when we talk about uh, the intense, the, I, I'm just going to say this: I don't, uh, I don't talk about nomad life so much uh, in terms of because you know I don't want to do every podcast about nomad life, but I I am kind of surprised at the level of energy that it requires, and it's a labor of love. You don't realize when you're doing it. You're meeting people, it's social, you're meeting new people all the time. You're going places, you're seeing things, you have things, oh, I've got to go do this, or I've got, oh, oh I've got to go to do that. And you forget uh, how much energy you're exerting in this pursuit of just having this experience of traveling all the time. So that when you stop traveling, when you're, when you're someplace where the surroundings are comfortable, 
well, it scares me when I get comfortable. That's one thing. But the other thing is you relax enough that you actually rest. And I think that's a huge piece. And you start to think about, well, you know, if I want to get a new rig, what do I want to do? And I'm going I'm to probably end up doing a podcast literally about that. Like, what do I get? Why do I want to get that? Is that going to be the right thing? Where are we going to be with fuel prices? And you, you start running through in your head. But the thing that, that came to me that I really want to get out in this podcast is even though this is a very comfortable place and I'm sure I'm going to be even more comfortable when I get down by the lake and get you know unlimited firewood and uh, be able to sit back and actually make my dinner over the fire uh, you know grill or pan fry a steak over the fire and and uh, sit back and drink my coffee and watch the boats and watch the sunset and enjoy the summer weather and so on even with all that comfort um it, it reaches the point where uh, I, I really still remain fully committed to travel as, as, as really the main thing. And, you know, part of rest is just re-examining and questioning, re-examining and questioning, re-examining and questioning. You know, what are you doing in your life? Why are you doing it? Should you continue to do it? Those are all the questions that occur to me. Uh, while I'm sitting here listening to the storm or watching television or doing what I do. But I remain fully committed to nomad life as, a, as really the main focus because it is so great. And it's so interesting how we go and we rest, you know, and, and, we're st- and within a short period of time, we're already trying to figure out if we got to change the tires and if we got to rebuild this and if we got to, what can I do to improve my rig? Do I need a new rig? What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? You get the maps out and uh, it's just a great, great, great pursuit and I can't wait to get back out there. Uh, and we'll see if I make it to August up here in Wisconsin. Yes, we have really streamlined the BobDavisPodcast.com. I took down the audiobook section. I took down the comments. I took down uh, the word cloud. I took down a bunch of other stuff so that the site runs faster, which means you can get your feeds faster. And really, the BobDavisPodcast.com currently and for the foreseeable future is going to exist primarily to hold the blog and the podcasts. So each podcast has a three, 400-word blog with it. There's links to things that I talk about, so you can check those out. And also backlinks to previous podcasts that I might mention. A lot of people don't understand. It's a blog. At the bottom of the blog is the player, and you can click on that and just play the podcast. That should work very well now for you, especially if you're on Wi-Fi. Or you can get the Bob Davis Podcast at Spotify and Google Podcasts. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Stitcher.com for Androids, which I'm not a big fan. If you have an Android, just use Google Podcasts. Uh, and right off the page at the BobDavisPodcast.com with streaming audio as well as those individual podcast players at the bottom of every blog for each podcast. So there you go. Uh, a little less anxious uh, now and ready to finish my coffee and watch one more Better Call Saul and head off to uh, the truck in the shed. And thanks for listening to the Bob Davis Podcast, Podcast 1095, Eclipse, Rest, and Relaxation, the Bob Davis Podcasts. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon down at the lake. One, two, get down.
Beat 